It's all good. Hi everyone, my name is Lauren. Welcome back to It's All Good. This is a podcast all about well-being. Today I'm joined by my friend Catherine. She's a fifth year student studying computer science and geography at UBC. We actually met two years ago when we sat beside each other in one of our computer science classes. And I remember being so confused and so lost. I didn't know what was going on, but she helped me out so much. And I don't know if I would have gotten through that course without her. So thank you, Catherine. (laughs) Uh, Today, we'll be talking about making big decisions and living by your own values. So stay tuned for that. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited that you wanted to be on my podcast. It's a huge honor. I'm so excited. (laughs) Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about making big decisions. You know, it can be really scary, especially uh, for us. We're going to talk a little bit about switching our majors partway through our degrees uh, because we have similar experience doing that. So to start us off, I wanted to hear about your story, Catherine. Well... I'll start off with, like, a fun fact about me, which is I started university when I was 14. We've got a genius over here. (laughs) Well, now I'm old and my brain cells are gone, so maybe not anymore. But back in the day... Back then you were a genius. (laughs) Now we'll we'll chat about it. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see after the hour's over. But I started university kind of early, and I started out just as a science student, actually. When I applied to UBC, I only thought about doing science, And everyone else in my class did the same thing. We had no art students in our year. And I started out doing computer science just because that was the one subject I hadn't done before. So when I was still in high school, I'm doing quotations. I guess Mm -hmm. no one can see, Mm -hmm. but high school. We did a lot of core curriculum. So we didn't have a lot of extracurriculars, not a lot of arts-related subjects. So we did a lot of science a lot of chemistry, biology, physics, math, you know, standard, everything that we needed just to graduate. And I didn't really like that. I feel like skipping, for math it was okay, but for chemistry and biology, skipping a lot of the earlier content, like from 8 to 11, basically, it made it stressful and not very, it didn't feel very stable, I guess. So it felt like I had a really shaky foundation and I didn't really feel well prepared to pursue that in university, which is why I chose computer science. Very long-winded explanation. (laughs) And I chose it just because I'd never done it before. And it felt like if I didn't know anything about it, that would be something good to study because I didn't want to stack up on an unstable foundation. So that's why I chose it. Um, Turns out maybe my expectations were too high (laughs) because I think in second year, I didn't really want to do computer science anymore, but I had a lot of outward pressure, I guess external pressure to keep doing it because it's an employable degree. It's what's in right now. It's trendy or whatever. So I wanted to do statistics instead. Um, Horrible idea. (laughs) 16-year-old me was an idiot for thinking that. And then I changed my major in third year, which is the major that I'm studying now, which is geography and computer science. And I'm doing computer science because I stacked up so many credits, didn't want to throw them away. So that's why, that's why we're here today. (laughs) Thank you. 
Wow. And it's hard to make a decision like that, especially in your third year and you've already done, you know, two years in your major. Yep. So what, what made you switch out? I kind of thought about switching my major after the end of first year, just because I didn't really want to go to university early, but I wasn't really in a position where I could take time off because I was 14, so I think I was too young to work by BC Labor Law. Mm -hmm. We'll get back to you on that. (laughs) But it wasn't really a time where I could just do something for a year and come back because, you know, I was too young to travel alone, didn't really want to, like, work for a year. So I just went to university. So it wasn't enjoyable. Didn't really like it. Don't think it fit for me, and I think I chose the wrong timing because I could have been as mature as anyone at that age, but I don't think you can force growth. Mm -hmm. And there are, I guess, educational aspects that maybe I was the same as everyone else, but developmentally probably not which I think was a big factor in why that year wasn't so good for me. Mm. So I think because of that, I wanted to find something that didn't stress me out because ever since I was really little, I had a pretty poor relationship with school and I guess education in general, just because the system didn't really fit with me. So I decided maybe I should start trying other subjects, which is why I branched out to statistics. Um, I took geography or I guess GIS which is geographic information systems for anyone who's wondering and I took it on a whim just because I think when I saw an advisor in first year he said this is like earth sciences and computer science combined I think you'll love it but you have to be a third year so wait it out bud Mm -hmm. so I waited and I took that course and I loved it so much so that's why I decided to formally switch into that major even though One course usually isn't a good enough indicator of it's not really like a good litmus test of whether it's the right fit for you. But honestly, after three years of college, I had had it. I Mm. was at my I was at my like melting point. I was ready to go. So I switched my major then. It was stressful. And I think it also stressed out a lot of people around me. And by a lot of people, I mean my parents, Mm. (laughs) because even though. I wasn't, or they weren't the ones paying for college. I think it's just they wished that I was in college and I just found what I wanted to do and just 180 just went straight for it. Mm -hmm. But that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I think that's still okay because if if none of those first three years hadn't happened, then I wouldn't have found this major and I wouldn't be where I am now, which is, I think, a pretty good position to be in. I mean, that's a really hard decision to make, even though like you took one course, but you're already, you know, you're already convinced that, yeah. oh, this is, this is something I'm really interested in. Like, maybe I can explore something further. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I did ask around before transferring. So I asked the prof and I said, are there any other similar courses? And he said, not in this faculty, but if you want to transfer, there's this department with these courses and you should go ask this professor. And I'm actually writing my thesis with that professor now, so it turned out okay. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. And how do you feel now that you're in this new program? Well, I mean, there are are moments where I kind of think, oh, God, what if I actually can't find a job? And what if I made a bad decision? Because it's thinking about it sometimes, I'm like, oh, well, it's four years of happiness for a lifetime of misery. Hmm. But... I thought, well, 
if that's the case, if I studied something else, which I know I wouldn't want to study, then it would be four years of misery and a lifetime of misery. So you know what? I think I chose the better option here. But I mean, I'm not so nervous about the future anymore just because I feel like if you worry about that too much, it kind of paralyzes you because you're so afraid something might go wrong and it won't turn out exactly as planned. And then you're disappointed and you feel like you didn't maybe do as much as you could have. And I think that's not really necessary. So I'm happy right now. And I'm sure if I'm good at what I do and I can make myself stand out from other people because this is something that I'm passionate about, I feel like then I'll find my road somehow, you know? It's not, I don't have to be getting like job offers left and right, (laughs) you know? I think I just have to find something that I'm good at Mm -hmm. that I could imagine myself doing for the rest of my life. Wow, and that's hard to find that yeah. thing that you want to do for the rest of our lives. Exactly. And I don't think that we need to make any decisions now. I mean, yeah. we're so young still. It's like I have so much time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really do have. And who knows what, we, what we'll be interested in yeah. maybe five years from now. Exactly. Actually, now that I think of it, almost five years have passed since I've started university. And what I wanted then and what I want now is already so different that I think I've realized that, oh, Maybe, maybe I don't have to have everything set in stone. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. It's especially in these years in university, that's where we do so much more growing. Yeah. Just because high school is so completely different from university. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're going to find new interests and yeah. realize things about ourselves that, oh, maybe this isn't the direction I want to head in. Yeah. And I think it's important when that kind of thing happens to be able to admit it and say, okay, I think I've identified something that I'm not happy with. And then making efforts to change that Mm -hmm. and to amend it. Just because if you know something is wrong, but you keep dragging it on, it's not good for you. And I feel like the end result is never good because then it's not really something that you're proud of or it's not something that you're happy about or maybe you don't even know what you've been doing for like the last whoever knows how many years, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if you know that there's something that you don't like or you want to change, I think it's important to sit down and say, okay, I have identified something and what do I want to do about it or what will I do about it? And I think it's important to think about that. And you mentioned earlier on when you were in computer science and uh, feeling other people's, uh, they wanted to put their expectations on you and they're saying, oh yeah, comp sci is such a great field to go in. I guess that kind of like strengthens um, you going into comp sci, even though you weren't, you know, fully convinced yourself. Yeah, honestly, the thing that I was kind of most upset about when I started university was that. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew what I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. So computer science, I thought, well, I guess it's better than studying something I dislike, but I know nothing about this. And this could just, it could be as bad as everything else. I just haven't tried it. So that was, well, that was the reason why I pursued that degree originally. Yeah, I think you're right in that what other people said, it's like good degree to go into, you know, you'll be guaranteed a job. So I I remember I told you other people's expectations became my own and I internalized them and that's why I thought that was a good decision to make and that I was doing this for my future kind of thing. But 
think I should have maybe thought about myself a little more. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, and this is one of the reasonings that I had for when I decided to trans- officially transfer out of my old degree program, was right now I care a lot about what the people around me think. And if I transfer out, I know that they'll say, oh, why'd you go from computer science to geography? Or why would you give up all of the opportunities that you might have with this degree? Like, why why would you do this? Or like, just why would you do it? Was kind of like the main question that I was asked. And that was, I think, kind of shocking to me. And it was, I think a really big part of why I was afraid to make a change for so long because I thought, well, oh, so if this many people are against or they think that it's a stupid idea, obviously these people aren't, you know, dim-witted, so I'm sure they have my best interest at heart. But that's not true, you know. Deep down, I think we all care about ourselves a little more. And I think when that decision was being made... I thought, in 30 years' time, will those people be around me? And will they matter enough for me to not regret making the decision or not making a decision? So in 30 years' time, when I'm, if I com- continued with computer science and I'm working in a job I don't like, I'm not very good at, would I be happy that I continued this because the people that are supposedly still around me said so? And I thought, no. That's not true. In 30 years' time, I'll probably be surrounded with new people, and the only consistent thing will be me. And if I'm not happy, what's the point? Because everyone else will always have an opinion, but the only person who has to live with it is you. So I think you hit the nail on that, (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't agree more with everything that you're saying. I think that's the one thing that most people are afraid of is that they'll fail. I think that's what is a huge barrier to switching out of something because they're scared of, you know, what failure they might encounter. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe the path they're in right now is comfortable and steady and no opportunity for failure. Although I'd argue there's always opportunity for failure, but totally. Tell me your thoughts. My thoughts. Well, I have lots of them. Amazing. Buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I was mentioning to you earlier that A lot of people are not afraid of failure. They're afraid of failing in front of other people. You say so many, like, great, like, (laughs) these are quotes that I would, like, put in a book or something. I'm sure that I've just read them off the internet somewhere (laughs) and they've, like, implanted them in my brain and I'm like, wow, that's my idea. (laughs) I mean, take credit for that. Exactly. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think just because... You know, if I'm doing something by myself and it goes wrong, I just say, well, whoops, and then that's it. (laughs) But if there are people watching, I think, oh, but if I don't succeed or if I do something wrong, you know, they'll think I'm incapable or they'll think I'm incompetent. And I think that's something, that's the reason, that's one of the biggest reasons why I think I was so afraid of switching out of my major. Because not only was I so invested in other people's opinions, I was worried what they would think if, you know, it didn't turn out the way I expected. And then it would be like an, I told you so, or, oh, wow, look at her, what a waste kind of a thing. That's not a good feeling. I think it's easy to have opinions about other people, and especially about other people's failures, because I think it's easy to comment on. 
I think maybe we should all think for a moment about how that affects other people. It's not even that we're just making them afraid of trying something or, you know, even making a mistake because they're worried that what they're worried about what we'll think of them. And I think that's terrible. Mm-hmm. But caring about what other people think of us is so ingrained in our own physiology. It's just something that like people can relate to. And as much as you can say, I don't care what other people think. I mean, we still, yeah. we, we still have this need because as humans, we are social creatures. Like we want to feel belonging and yeah. that involves some level of people like validation. Us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, I, I guess I, as I get older, I think more about living, like, I'd rather please myself than mm-hmm. please other people. Right. And, but, you know, it's a process of... Definitely. Even though, you know, I can acknowledge what other people maybe are going to think of me, but I don't want that to get in the way of living my best life and doing things I'm interested in. And right. maybe, yeah, I'm going to be judged by, like, whoever. But in that case, like, why do I care about being judged by these people because these exactly. people obviously don't support me so I don't want them in my life anyway exactly. <laughs> but you know some people you can't get them out of your yeah. life <laughs> but um yeah I think I would much rather prefer doing something that I like and you know having someone in my life be like oh that's a bad idea than doing something I don't like but being mm-hmm. supported by everyone and I feel like I can relate to you on like so many things that you're talking about because yeah. I feel like I had very similar experience I went into first year science at UBC and looking back for, so for me, I never really consciously picked science. I think cause I have three older brothers and they're all in science that kind of influenced me. And especially the school I went to, like going into arts was kind of looked down upon. Yeah. So I think I had a lot of external pressure to go into science. Like the majority of my friends were also going into science at UBC and it just kind of made sense and I think looking back I never really asked myself what do I want to do um because I for so long I was like oh yeah of course I'm gonna go to UBC science like that just seemed like the thing to do so yeah I was in first year science and I was kind of panicking when we had to pick our majors at the end of the year because I truly had no idea um I didn't really feel that strongly about any of the courses I was taking and I felt kind of stuck. And I was looking at the list of majors, and I actually was really interested in psychology, but at that point I hadn't taken a course, so it would have been a bad idea to major in it. And I was thinking about, I've always loved math growing up. It was my favorite class in elementary school and high school, and I never, it was kind of a last-minute decision to go Mm -hmm. into it, but I was like, okay, I'm going to try it out. You know, it seemed to be the only thing that made sense out of all the other majors. Yeah. And so I was in second year. Yeah, and second year was fine, but it was really until third year that I really started to rethink my decision. And I mean, I still like math, but it I didn't want to study it in such advanced detail for the next four years. Yeah. And I really didn't see myself in just a strictly technical field either mm-hmm. um, after graduation. And that year I started volunteering at UBC in Wellness Peers. And if you don't know what that is, listen to the first episode this season. Um, and I started to find this passion and health and well-being and helping other people and studying how people behave. And it, it fascinated me so much. I took a, a psych elective in my second year and I just loved it. I thought it was so interesting. And I thought, wow, this is, this is a passion that I didn't know existed until I 
took the class and I started taking more psych classes and uh yeah I I felt excited about my classes and it's it was such a stark contrast from how I felt in my math classes and yeah in third year I was really thinking about switching out because I felt really unfulfilled and uh, I think I was talked out of it kind of because of my parents really and you know there's still the stigma of you know, you're not going to get a job if you have an arts degree or, you know, STEM is the way to go, kind of what you were saying, um, why you, you were in computer science. And I felt all these external, you know, pressures. And I think even back then, I didn't really genuinely ask myself, like, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. So I stayed in math and I decided to minor in psych, which, you know, gave me much joy. And it was really in my fourth year where I started thinking more about the future. <laughs> Not that I wasn't thinking about before, but, uh, and maybe this is morbid, but I started thinking about like more, my mortality. And I was thinking, okay, if I'm 80 years old and I don't want to look back on my life and say that I wish that, you know, I didn't spend so much time doing this, or I would really want to be on my deathbed thinking that I lived a really fulfilling life. And I did work that I was passionate, that I was passionate about and something that was personally significant to me and I asked myself would I feel that way with how the course of my life is going right now and maybe not and I kind of had this wake-up call of oh like what am I doing you know being in math and I think what was really a barrier was I was already in my fourth year like I was so close to finishing my math degree and you know you know the term like sunk costs and economics Mm -hmm. it's like I came so far and for a while, I convinced myself that, oh, I'm finishing this for myself to show that I can do it. But it was because, I mean, it wasn't for that reason. It was because I came so far and, you know, I wanted to please my parents. And I had all these expectations for myself of like, yeah, of course, I'm going to go in a technical field and, you know, be successful. And then, yeah, like I was saying, I kind of had this reality check of, oh, I have all these other interests that I feel so much more fulfillment from. And, I, yeah, I really asked myself, like, what do I truly want, not what do other people want? And kind of like what you were saying of only you have to live with your decisions. And if people are, you know, going to look down on you or judge you, then, I mean, they don't have to live with with that. And so switching would, you know, it would open up this judgment, I guess, which I feared for myself. But then I... Yeah, I mean, being in math was really, like, I hated going to class. Like, it went, to, it came to the point that, like, I was sitting in class, and I just felt like this is not what I meant to do. Yeah. And kind of like, how did I end up here kind of thing. Exactly. This is at the end of my fourth year, uh, and I went to an advisor, and he, I was telling him this in much less detail, of course. <laughs> but he was saying, like, there's this, uh, and I was asking him, like, is there a way to combine math and psych? And he said, there's this program, and it's uh, not offered to students anymore, but if you talk to the Dean of Science, maybe he'll let you in. And I said, okay, this is my one chance of, uh, you know, and I didn't want to switch out completely because I just Mm -hmm. don't think it was necessary, but I want to find a way to, like, finish my credits in psych, what I'm really interested in. Yeah, and I, we had a meeting, and I ended up getting to switch into the program, and it was so, I guess for me, I didn't realize, like, what a huge relief it would be because I... I started crying <laughs> when he oh told me God. that he'd let me in. And I uh, haven't told you this before. No, no, <laughs> this is news to me. And I'm not like, if anyone knows me, I'm not someone that cries ever. So I was so amazed that like this overwhelming emotion came up and, um, 
the the dean was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I said, I'm so sorry, but I'm just so happy right now. And it was such, you know, I didn't realize how much I needed this. Yeah. So yeah, now I'm doing a combined major in math and psychology. And I mean, I didn't switch out completely, but yeah. it was, you know, I don't have to finish. I finished all my math requirements. And um, I guess this through this whole university journey, maybe more so in the past year, it's discovering kind of challenging like my own interests or what I thought I was interested in versus what am I actually interested in. And I think it takes some degree of self-awareness to recognize that because yeah. like you said, like you internalize all other people's opinions and what you should be interested in and being honest with yourself can sometimes be the hardest step in doing that. I mean, there is something that I kind of wanted to mention for all of the people who are listening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's a quote that my mom told me when, you know, I was, after my third year was over and I was kind of considering switching out of the comp sci stats program. Mm -hmm. And I'll say it in Korean and then I'll say it in English, but it's... Awesome. Which means it's better to be a snake's head than a dragon's tail. Mm. And maybe you can think about that for a moment, but it means that if you think about the magnitude of the two animals, a dragon is a big, big animal, you know, but the tail, nobody, like when you think of a dragon, you're not like, oh, wow, that animal has such a powerful tail. That's not what you say, right? When you think of a snake, you know, the snake head is, it's a part of the snake that you think about, and it's a relevant part of the snake. Mm. And which sounds so weird <laughs> now that I'm saying it out loud. But it is kind of like a twisty, turny way of saying it's better to be the best at something small rather than the worst at something that everyone else is good at just for the sake of doing something that everyone else is doing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that was something that kind of, it made me realize that, yeah, I could do computer science, you know, I could do statistics, it's employable. It's a good degree. It looks impressive, I guess. But if I'm no good at it, does it actually have any value? And the answer is probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are lots of people who are good at computer science who like doing it. Mm-hmm. And would I really be able to distinguish myself from those people in a meaningful way? Probably not either. So I thought, well, if I do geography or if I do GIS, anything that's not computer science or statistics, I was pretty confident that it would be something that I had talent in, that I could, you know, make myself or set myself apart from others, and I would be able to do something with what I was choosing. And I think that's a good metaphor for anyone who's kind of in a common field or in something that's more mainstream and thinking of it doing something that's not as common, maybe it doesn't feel as safe. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, there are too many people just overall doing anything for it to really be a concern whether, oh, I don't think there's, I think it's undersaturated. I don't think that's a great reason for you not to do something because, I mean, I'm sure at one point computer science was undersaturated, Mm -hmm. right? So just because it's not something that everyone is doing now doesn't mean that it's not your time to try it, I guess. Well, I think you bring up a really good point of, you know, there's so many people 
kind of blindly going into fields because they think that maybe that will make them happy. <laughs> maybe it, they feel like, oh, you know, it's not really what I'm interested in, but it seems like the right thing to do. I think that's something that I said a lot to myself, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like I should be doing this. Yeah. And, uh, but then maybe it, it shouldn't be that way. And, mm-hmm. you know, challenging like these uh challenging these ideas that maybe have been so internalized for so long through social stigma or other people's expectations. And what I think really sets someone apart is what drives them. You know, what are they willing to do for 14 hours a day? And I think that will make you more successful than going into a field that typically, whatever, you know, this idea of success, (laughs) what that will bring you. Because you know, passionate people, they, they get places and mm-hmm. because they're willing to put in the work and maybe you're going to have to put in a lot more work than maybe going into a more conventional field, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. I think it's worth it. Yeah. And I mean, we're still young, like we're yeah. not trying to say that we know <laughs> any of the answers, but I mean, kind of what you were saying, I mean, if you already feel miserable in what you're doing, then things aren't really going to change much yeah. if you keep going in the direction that you're in it's like it might maybe it won't work out you know you might change something and it sucks and maybe you hate it but I feel like that's still better than not trying exactly because at least now you know okay I tried it out yeah and this isn't for me yeah right now especially at the beginning of fourth year I had a lot of regrets because I regretted coming to university early and I regretted not trying different courses you know, I had, like, little interests when I was starting out in university that I didn't really act upon because I didn't really see them as, you know, valuable. Mm-hmm. And so when I was starting fourth year, I had a lot of regrets. And I think that that was such a horrible feeling because there's nothing I can do to amend that, right? Because I, can, I can't go back and do something or change something, and I, I can't go back and, you know, take a gap here. I can't go back and, you know, take another course Mm -hmm. because I do have a lot of time, but for some things it's too late. I think that was also a big part in why I'm kind of making plans and making a lot of effort to try and make what the degree and the path that I'm pursuing right now something that's worthwhile and I guess something that has a lot of good fruit of labor for me Mm -hmm. is because I don't want to regret changing my major and I don't want to regret putting myself through I guess arguably a little bit of suffering at least Mm -hmm. to do this degree and to kind of fold a very long chapter of my life and start something anew I guess Mm -hmm. just live without regrets is a thing but it's it's true because I think even if the end result isn't something that you were expecting or if it wasn't what you wanted, I feel like there's nothing worse than feeling regretful because you didn't try your best. Exactly. And maybe you switch into something and you still don't. You yeah. know, you still don't feel. I mean, fulfilled. that happened to me. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, and I know it's not, it's not always possible to switch your mm-hmm. degree um, or switch majors partway through, through your degree. But if you have the opportunity to do so, then I say go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I mean, not that it'll solve all your problems, but Probably maybe it'll not. solve <laughs> some of your problems. Yeah. And, you know, putting your life back onto a course that is aligned with your own values. 
I feel like I didn't realize how uncomfortable I was for the last maybe like seven years since I started like my high school program mm-hmm. until I changed my major and I finally had time to think about things that weren't related to what I was doing. And, you know, right now the only thing I really have to worry about is schoolwork, which is the only thing I was concerned about. And, you know, I thought, well, it's just one thing. So it's not that significant. But that was all I was thinking about. And I didn't realize until I had a little bit of room in my heart to think about other things because I changed my major that it was really draining, I guess. And Mm -hmm. it took a lot out of me. And I think it stole a lot of my time and a lot of my energy and a lot of my, I guess, desire to pursue anything else. Just because I felt like kind of an emotionless husk. And I didn't want to... So I thought, well, things kind of suck right now. But there's no guarantee that things will be better if I change anything. So let's just stay here because at least you're used to it now. But I remember somebody telling me that normalizing discomfort is probably the, one of the worst things you could do. Because you don't feel it, but it's causing damage. And I think I'm glad that I made my change before it started causing damage. I think that's something that a lot of people should think about is that maybe it doesn't bother you as much as it used to, or maybe it doesn't seem as significant. But if you're not happy with it, I think you have to realize that somehow it's going to take a toll on you. A lot of the time we choose familiarity over... Going outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Or like familiarity outside of beneficial change, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Mm. Because that bad situation is bad, but I'm used to it, is like what people say. Right. Yeah. It's like, no. I mean, yeah, you're used to it, but that doesn't make it any less of a bad situation. Totally. Get out of there, bud. (laughs) Like, while you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can, I relate to you on that so much because when... Maybe in, like, second and third year when I was in math. And, like, yeah, I didn't really like my courses, but I tried to convince myself that I liked them more than Mm -hmm. I did. And maybe I was – it was difficult because, you know, it takes, you know, extra amount of energy to force yourself to study something. But it seemed easier to do that than to do anything else about Mm -hmm. it because it's like, oh, it seems – you know, staying in this degree, you're going to finish in four years and then maybe you'll, you'll figure out something Mm -hmm. else. Maybe you'll do something completely different. But I didn't want to wait for four years and do something that I just didn't, wasn't really driving me. And I really felt that in fourth year Mm -hmm. when, you know, even though I was only in two math courses, one term and, uh, it, it took everything out of me because I was so burnt out from the previous three years of continually forcing myself to study. And I didn't realize what toll that would have on my own emotional health. And it just came to the point where I just thought, if I don't switch out, then I'd rather drop out of school. And I've never (laughs) even considered for a second not being in school. And to think that, you know, that's how unhappy I was Mm -hmm. in my courses, then, you know, I really need to change something. And... It, it is so scary stepping outside your comfort zone and yeah. because you don't, I mean, that's a huge risk to take and you don't know what's going to happen. Like exactly. maybe I'm going to, you know, be not employed, and, <laughs> but then, you know, like you were saying, maybe it's worth a shot because otherwise I, 
wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have found this passion in health and psych. And I don't want to live so many years, like living someone else's dream, I right. guess. That could work for someone else, but it, it's not catered for me. Yeah, it's not it's not your thing. It's just not, not my thing. Exactly. <laughs> I think if you try, if you force yourself to enjoy something or like something, you can end up disliking it even more. Right. And I think that's especially true. You know, when you're little, if you have like a sibling or like, you know, maybe you are the youngest and somebody younger is born and they get all the attention and everyone's like, oh, but you got all the attention when you were little. So you have to, you know, love your little sibling or your like new little cousin. Then you think, okay, I'm going to try and really like them. But then because it takes so much effort for you and it's so unnatural you think well this isn't really good for me and now I hate them even more oh my god is this a personal experience (laughs) maybe a little no but it's that's kind of something that I realized like you said with your math courses that's kind of how I felt with computer science and statistics is I would go to class and I would think okay this is this is good stuff to be learning you know Mm. They use this in the industry, you know, it's good for you, it's good for your skill set, looks good on a resume, it makes it makes you a more versatile person, and all of these things that I was saying, it's like, I don't care about this at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe before I tried to think like that, I at least had somewhat of a interest or I saw some value in computer science, but... After I tried that, just because it made me feel so maybe incapable of appreciating anything, mm-hmm. I think that's why it made me dislike it even more. Right. And I think if you have to force yourself to like something, maybe that's a sign that you should look elsewhere. <laughs> oh, I think absolutely. That's, that's not only for courses, but for people. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, now, as I get older, I realize that, like, you can't. It's so hard to force yourself to like something. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean, for example, like washing the dishes. Oh, yeah. I guess, like, <laughs> if I really tried, I could get myself to like it. And maybe that's a bad example because I actually kind of like it. But <laughs> it's, it's soothing, right? Like once Absolutely. you get started, it's kind of nice. It's therapeutic. <laughs> um, maybe I'll give it a, a different example. But <laughs> maybe, you know, in, in some cases like that, you know, it's not a huge part of your life. Mm-hmm. Like I could get myself to like it. You know, I could make it more enjoyable by listening to a podcast when I'm yeah. washing the dishes or listening to this podcast well, listening to my <laughs> own podcast <laughs> um the most narcissistic activity you can do besides looking at yourself in the mirror which <laughs> I mean I do sometimes <laughs> well doesn't everyone <laughs> uh what were we talking about <laughs> oh like yeah like I could probably find ways to get myself to like mundane activities mm-hmm. but when it comes to a career comes to a relationship or comes to, you know, really big things in our lives, we shouldn't have to force ourselves exactly. to like it. In some ways, we can't control those likes and dislikes because they kind of stem from our personality, which yeah. a lot of ways, you know, you can argue, you can you yeah. can change some things about your personality. It's, but It's malleable, but it's not meant to be forced. You said it so succinctly. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. So we talked a lot about being honest with yourself but how exactly do we be honest with ourselves? and yeah. I don't think it's this easy you know ask yourself what you want because yeah. it's it's a process of, mm-hmm. of finding out who you are and that's something that exactly. we do as we get older and you know you get to know yourself even better and like being honest with ourselves isn't just like a 
one and done kind of thing. For me, what was really helpful was journaling my thoughts and not trying to force myself to write a certain way, but writing exactly how I was feeling. And that helped me a lot because I could read it over again. And I think when you like read over things that you write, you gain a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Things maybe you hadn't thought of before, but when you took the time to write it down, I think that helped me a lot through this whole process of figuring out what my interests are, was yeah, trying to find in a, a way to express myself that wasn't just my thoughts because right. you know it's hard to control our thoughts sometimes exactly. like we get you know they get taken over by so many things but when you write things down for me that's a concrete way of seeing exactly how I'm feeling and also like making more giving myself more opportunities for silence especially in the first part of my degree I think I really tried to ignore the thoughts that I was having of feeling like oh I feel like this isn't right for me and maybe it wasn't I don't think it was a conscious decision to do that but maybe subconsciously I said you know I'd rather just avoid these feelings and you know I I started giving myself like more periods of silence where I wasn't doing anything so then I could be alone with my thoughts which could be a really scary thing for a lot of people because you kind of have to confront yourself and you have to confront decisions that you've made before and maybe it takes some admitting of oh maybe I shouldn't have done that and you know having those periods of silence as uncomfortable as they started off to be really helped me to gain more of this self-awareness and it gave me the opportunity to you know no other distractions like to really sit with myself (laughs) and I think that helped me a lot instead of distracting myself with so many things and trying to you know avoid difficult feelings like really sitting in those difficult feelings I think this might also be like a good segue into some conclusions for this episode, but I think when you make room by eliminating some of the problematic or, again, uncomfortable or unproductive thoughts, it can give you room to make better changes and make better decisions because now you have, you know more room or you have a little bit more flexibility Mm -hmm. and I think for us before we made any of our changes we sort of had to confront all of these thoughts and that process was uncomfortable and a little bit horrible at least for me but I think I'm glad I did it because it made the after process a lot easier so I think setting things up for yourself in a way that just because It's always nice to be comfortable and to have as easy of a process as possible, but sometimes you can't do that unless you get things out of the way first. So I think maybe don't be afraid of being uncomfortable or making yourself uncomfortable because if it's a part of the process where you're trying to better yourself or to make positive changes, I think it's all worth it. That was the perfect way to end the episode. (laughs) Thank you so much. Wow, that was beautiful. Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so we hope that we were able to help you think more about what kind of decisions are you making in your own life? What kind of decisions have you made before? And are you living by your own values? We'll leave you with that <laughs> question. And um, thank you, Catherine, for being on this episode thank and you sharing for me. your knowledge and your wisdom. And wow. I'm so inspired <laughs> just by so many things that you were saying. 
So thank you so yeah, much. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you for listening to anyone who's out there. <laughs> if anyone is listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have one person because I'm going to listen back on this. <laughs> and that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it. Hey, it's important for self-reflection. Absolutely. There we go. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, make sure you like the Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app. I post new episodes every Wednesday. So I'll see you next week. Bye.